podcast at Ground Zero is presented to you by the Apocalypse. Because without the Apocalypse we wouldn't be doing this show. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Podcast at Ground Zero, your home for the apocalypse for episode 87. And the topic will be off topic number seven. I am the apocalypse nerd, and he is Adam Bomb Glancy. Welcome to the Wastelands. I'm back, mutants. We are back, yes. So, episode 87 and 7. So, I think I need to play the lottery. Uh,. <laughs> All right, so uh, today we are bringing you a shotgun blast of apocalyptic information and apocalyptic topics that have uh, been, and entertainments that have been gracing uh, our our feed. Some of them are from years ago, some of them are fresh out of the gate, so hopefully we will find something to direct you to so that you can get your fair share of uh, world-ending entertainment. Absolutely, so... Uh, yeah, so, uh, we did another off topic because we have a lot, again, like you said, just a potpourri, an apocalyptic potpourri of, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't want to know what that smells like, but, uh, <laughs> well, apparently it smells good because we're talking about it. So. Oh yeah, it's, it smells good to me. Get that deep in your lungs. <sighs> Take it all in. So, uh, so yeah, so we got all that. That's been going on. Uh, just a... Just want to touch on real real fast, because uh, I keep on saying that I'm going to make a post about it, and I never do. Uh, so you only hear about it from on the podcast was the Ko-Fi. So we've been having some uh, people here and there uh, make some uh, contributions to support uh, us, and we appreciate that. You know, we've had a couple here and there. Again, nobody's required to do it, but you know what? If you know, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you know, just to kind of keep us going along and recording, you know, not that it's not going to stop us, but you know, it helps cause you know, you know, we've been doing this for a number of years and again, we try to stay away from, I, there's so many podcasts I listen to that I like, but you know, the first five minutes is spent on them hawking something and I just hate that shit. So, um, and I only talk about this every once in a while, but we've had some people con- contribute and again, we appreciate that. Uh, and again, if you're going to contribute, again, you can find the link on the on the podcast at groundzero.com. It's right on the front page in the in the right column. Uh, again, don't send. I, I, we sound ungrateful, but don't make these giant donations because I've had to, I've had to refund a couple people because they sent way too much money. You know, and it's I mean that sounds so dumb, but we don't want you know. It says if you want to buy a cup of coffee, get a cup of coffee, two cups, one for each of us. That's fine. We yes, don't want we don't want somebody sending a lot because you know what, we're not that good, and we <laughs> and um 
<laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and, and you know what? And, and I just feel like that I'm going to be, you know, um, indebted to people because it's not like we're doing a Patreon and we're giving all this extra bonus stuff. We have nothing special. We have nothing special extra to give. We're, you're getting it all. You're getting it all. So I don't want people saying I have to refund their money. And then, you know, that cuts into other people's cups of coffees because PayPal takes their fees back. So yeah, please don't don't send hundred plus dollar donations. I'm telling you that right now. Just don't do it because I'm going to refund your money. Again, it sounds so dickish, elitist, and ungrateful, but there's reasons for it. Uh, just just a couple cups of coffee, just to show your appreciation for the years that you've been listening. That's fine. That's great. So, and that's all I'm going to say about it because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to beat that uh, that horse down too much. So, um, again, people have done it. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. So we got a mixture of the power. Uh, before we we have a lot of TV shows and movies to talk about. So I want to talk about the other stuff first. Um, Absolutely. Just just to kind of get that stuff because I don't have as much on the other on the other stuff. So one of the first things is me and Scott just spent a lot of time before the show just kind of going over what we're going to talk about. And it's like, well, I guess we should just be recording, <laughs> recording this. So one of the first things that I came across is uh, there is going to be a new video game coming out. Uh, it's a zombie video game called Back for Blood. So those of you uh, who had uh, you know video games 10 plus years ago, 2009, might remember the Left 4 Dead franchise. Left 4 Dead was a really good first-person co-op zombie shooter. Great game. Me and Scott used to play that. Maybe uh, the maybe the first one out of the gate. I mean, I can't remember anybody doing this beforehand before they did it. No, they did, and they did a good job. I liked the I liked it a lot. So uh, this game is they call it the spiritual successor to that. So basically, Left for Dead three, because it's done by the same people who did Left for Dead one and two. But I guess it's not in the same studio because the studio probably has the rights to that. So they made their own game, which is basically and it has a lot of similarities to that those that, that franchise. Uh, so that's coming out. I, I want to say July or August. It's coming out. I. Uh, Either that or the fall. I don't remember off the top. Do you of my remember head. which platforms it's going to be for? It's going to be on. It's going to be on all the you know all the console platforms. You know Xbox, PlayStation, um, and what's good for me is because you know I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna get any of the super duper deluxe editions or anything like that. But I don't need to get it at all because since I have Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, it's comes along with it, so I get to play it quote-unquote, for free. Part of the package. Before I get to... Before I make it... So it's, it works out good for me because uh, I am a Ultimate Game Pass member till December of 2022 uh, because, long story short, um, I'm always an Xbox Gold member. I prepay ahead of time when I find deals on Xbox Live, you know? So I was prepaid until December of 2022. Back in December, they had a deal for like a dollar you could try Ultimate Game Pass for three months and free Disney Plus, which I got to watch The Mandalorian. But part of their uh, fine print was that any remaining Xbox Live subscriptions that you have would automatically be upgraded to Ultimate Game Pass until it expires. So I had to call their customer service and say, okay, so you're telling me that my next two years that I've already prepaid is going to get upgraded to Ultimate Game Pass? And they're like, yes. So I got two years of Ultimate Game Pass for a dollar. You are on mute, Scott. I cannot hear you. You say no to that. No. You say no to that. I, I said yes. I said yeah. That's um, 
I'll take that. Because, I mean, I already prepaid, so that was $5 a month. So I just got another $10 a month. So $240 worth of gaming for a dollar. So <laughs> great, great deal. So anyway, enough of my uh, my woes, uh, <laughs> which, I now, wow. which, I, which I'm now playing on my Xbox Series X. So yes, I was able to get one of those babies. So, um, and it, and I'll tell you, it's, I had an Xbox one X, which was a good console. This is, it's, you know, if any of you are, uh, console gamers, um, and whether you're Xbox or PlayStation, cause I'm sure, you know, PlayStation, they're, they're, they're all these next gen systems. So they're all going to be like so much higher performance. The Xbox is, oh my God, it's so, so much better. Graphics are better. Old games are upscaled. It's faster. So anyway, so yes, that's coming out of multi-platform uh, in the next few months. So that's a game coming out, video game. Uh, another game thing that's coming is I had backed the Starship Warden Kickstarter by Troll Lord Games, which works for James Ward. Works with James Ward for like I think it's like a four to six hundred page book documenting the entire Starship Warden. Every deck, every between deck, the entire ship. Um, if and those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's the start. Uh, uh, Metamorphosis Metamorphosis Alpha was the first science fiction role playing game that James Ward put out, and James Ward was the creator of Gamma World. Also, uh, Metamorphosis Alpha predated that. Uh, it was on a generation starship called the Starship Warden. It was one off course. It was hundreds of years later. There's mutants and it's an it's an apocalypse on a ship. It's a giant mega dungeon apocalypse. You know, is basically what it is. It's a dungeon crawl in space, but it's post-apocalyptic. You know, so um, they he created this giant tomb and that's on its way to me. So I get to I've already gotten the PDFs and the the files are just so big you can't even like read through it. So, but that book is that book is coming. Speaking of other books, I had also back. Oh I, yeah, I had also backed the Kickstarter, which I mentioned on the last show. I think I mentioned on the last show, or I post. I posted. Um, hold on a second. I had posted on the blog uh, the book that was coming out called. I have to look it up again. Is after the world ends. It was a book. That was put out originally. It's uh, it already existed uh, in France, and the, this French author put together this book about post-apocalyptic films of the eighties. It's a two hundred and fifty-six page book, you know, kind of giving reviews of all these eighties cheeseball, you know, good, bad, um, ugly, ugly post-apocalyptic uh, books. You know, like you know, Defcon Four and. You know all that all that crap, and they translated it into English, and they did a Kickstarter. So the book was already done. So once once he got it, once they got the money, they just paid the printer to print it. So that's on its way. And the other cool thing about that book is, and you could you could get, you could find their website. Um, it's all in French, so you're gonna have to like get like a Google translator for it. Um, but I think it's, I think it's uh, Pulse is the name of the company. I'm looking here is yeah Pulse in Paris, France. It's a French label. Um, they um, also did all this other crazy stuff because apparently there's all these like there was like these unknown or not uh, in production French post-apocalyptic films. Like there's like a handful, a few of them. So part of their deal was they were also 
putting these movies out onto I guess they got the rights for distribution so they're putting them out onto Blu-ray like all these French post-apocalyptic films and the soundtracks to these post-apocalyptic films he's putting those out like on vinyl and stuff all this crazy ass stuff this guy was doing for these uh, post-apocalyptic films but that book is coming and I'm really um, really looking forward to that um, so that's coming because it all because it also reminds me of uh, I'm reading this book and I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's this book about uh, sword and sorcery movies in the eighties. Uh-huh. And um, it's pretty good. And he's like, they're reviewing like, you know, things from like Hawk, the Slayer and Conan and stuff, but he's only really doing like what he classifies as sword and sorcery, you know, because some of the stuff doesn't fall. Like you think, Oh, Excalibur, but Excalibur's according to his criteria is not really a sword and sorcery film, you know, like some of the other ones. Despite um, the fact we have sorcerers and swords, it's that it's not set in that kind of mythical Conan thing. I mean, it's, you know, mythical, it's mythical England, but it's not mythical enough. It's not mythical enough. It's not removed from history enough. Yeah. So, um, so the book, that book's interesting too, because, I mean, I knew about sword and sorcery and pulp stuff, but like, uh, but I learned more because uh, he talks about the history of it, like with the Lord of the Rings and the rise of fantasy, and you know why Lord of the Rings is not a sword and sorcery. But you know, so it, it's kind of interesting too. So this book talks, you know, but it talks about eighties sword and sorcery films. So in this one's talking about eighties post apocalyptic films again, all in my wheelhouse. So that book is coming, which is exciting. So again, it's after the world ends. You can just Google that and. Uh, uh, you could find that, and you know, because it will be available for sale on on the website. So it's going to come for France. I think it's like thirty francs or something like that. So whatever that translates to. So, um, so you could get you could get your hands on that. So that's coming, which is cool. So uh, that's really it for the the oh, game. Do mention do mention that as part of the Kickstarter. Yeah, I guess you already did that. You know, the the French films that are actually going to be released, you're going to get actually, you're actually going to get a flood of French apocalyptic films you've never seen. Yeah, it's a, it's a handful. It's a couple of them. It's like I think there's like uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the information now. It's like um, there's like four or five of them. You know, like you know, Warriors of the Year 2072, Hands of Steel. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a bunch of them. It's it's interesting, you know. And he's got these like, you know, soundtracks for them and stuff. It's 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 weird, but it's cool that this guy wrote this book, you know. So I'm looking forward to reading that book. So that's so that's coming out. Clearly, he is he is a mutant like the rest of us. Oh, he's a good kind of mutant. Mm-hmm. So so that's really the you know with the kind of a apocalyptic. Uh, the, the gaming there because I know that because that's coming Starship Warden which which I'm sure that book will be available from Troll Lord Games once it's um once it's out there so uh so the, yeah so that's that's really the games you know th- those are video games actual RPGs oh of course the um Fallout RPG I've mentioned it before uh, which is being put out by Modifius um, is on pre order so so it's a Fallout RPG, not like the, not the tactics one, which is the miniatures game. It's an actual tabletop RPG, and it um, it uses I think uh, I think it was put out by um, the same people who do the Twilight, the, the new Twilight Two Thousand, well, the, the free free league, 
Free League from Sweden. Yeah, they're burning up the marketplace right now. They've got the Alien franchise. They've got they picked up Twilight as a sort of pet project. Um, I have got my Twilight 2000, my new book, you know, um, and uh, I've been looking at that. And uh, certainly they've also got uh, what the whole Tales from the Loop thing that made them a mountain of money the size of Montana. And uh, yeah, now now we're moving into uh, Fallout country. So, yeah, they're cranking out the work right now. Oh, yeah. And some, some people don't like the, the, two, uh, the 220 system. I don't know it well enough to hate, like it or dislike it, you know. So, but but again, it's a Fallout RPG, so that's kind of cool. And what's better for because um, the thing is, they are in Sweden, so anytime you want to get the physical books, unless you're in the EU, because um, again, just like how when they try to get stuff from the states, it, it's expensive. International shipping both ways has gotten very expensive. You know, not just you know from the states to. France or France and back, you know, it's, it's gotten so it's so in the United States, it's always been just like, and I, and I get them like Australia, like, oh, I see people from Australia like losing their shit about the shipping. It's like, it's twice as much as the actual product. It's like, well, we, I can't do it. They're like, I can't do anything about that. That's what it costs to ship it. You know, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, um, if you went to, you know, we're not Amazon, and if you went to a normal website, you would pay out the ass for shipping. So, uh, Modifius is actually getting a U.S.-based distribution center, so uh, so I guess basically I guess they'll ship inventory there, so that it could cover this side of the hemisphere, whether it's Canada, U.S., uh, Central South America. So it, it'll make shipping more cost-effective for this region, you know. So um, if you've ever wanted, you know, to get any of their stuff, because they also do. Um, uh, I just lost PDFs uh, put on demand. No, no, no. They, uh, what's the other game? Um, Mutant year zero. They do oh, that as well. Right. So that's a, that's a lot of good resources there. But again, you want to get some of these hardback, but you're going to pay, you're going to pay like a hundred dollars to get a couple of those books shipped. So if you're in the States, so if you're in the States in this region, um, now once that store opens, you'll be able to, it'll be a lot more reasonable to get, Mutant Year Zero, and then of course when Fallout comes out, I'll be getting that. But I'm not going to pre. I'm not. I'm waiting until that store is open before I make any kind of orders. You know, yeah. uh, but that's coming out because I'm. You know, I, I like I like the Fallout universe. You know. Yep, still do, despite what happened in uh, Fallout seventy six. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I tried playing that thing for a little while, and it was just like I think they keep throwing more resources at it. They keep coming up with more and more updates. So clearly, they have sunk enough into this thing that they are trying. They're bailing fast and patching fast, trying to keep that thing afloat. I just don't know that they're going to be able to. I I worry that this thing will eventually fail as a you know will eventually fail in a way that they're not going to support it anymore because it's just too expensive to keep all those servers running to to support that environment oh yeah yeah that yeah that costs money you know for for multiplayer you know yeah they got to have that but um i don't know i I, i'll come i'll circle back to it you know because now that they've done a lot of supposedly patches and improvements and uh story they've actually put something in it so you're not just it's not just about your interaction with um other players which is you know again Usually having a 12-year-old call you a, a dick and then grief you, you know, that's, that's what, that's my experience of multiplayer. Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of sums it up. But, um, yeah. 
It's, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, and, and I learned rapidly on these games and where I could go to mute other players. So, <laughs> because I just I don't want to listen to them. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, so that's coming out. So that's, that's, all, that's all good, good post-apocalyptic stuff. Oh, and also Modifius is putting out the Dune role-playing game too. So, yeah. Yeah, I still got my old copy that uh, when uh, the TSR took a crack at that, or Wizards took a crack at it back in the late nineties. Uh, was it was that TSR? Was that Wizards who put it out was the Wizards. game? Wizards yeah. put that out. I thought somebody yeah. else did. Um, yeah, it was definitely a Wizards product uh, back yeah. then. Yeah, because it was late. That was like late, very late nineties, early two thousand, like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah, I remember when that came out. So, but again, they're doing it for. Uh, well, because because what happened was somebody had gotten the estate to uh, the Her- the Herbert uh, estate to um, authorize licensing. So all this stuff was in the works. Like they've put out a, they've put out uh, they reissued um, the original Avalon Hill uh, Dune game. They kind yes. of like, they kind of cleaned it up, redid that Twi- uh, Dune Imperium, which was a new board game for Dune that they put out from um, the same people who do Clank. Um, so it's, yeah. it's a it's a uh, deck-building resource management game, uh, which I haven't played yet because I haven't played games with anybody in a year and a half. Maybe I mentioned, I can't remember we mentioned on an earlier show, but uh, there we had a dump of post-apocalyptic movies that showed up in the streaming services. Uh, and TV series have sort of been pouring out this summer. Um you know, and and uh, uh, start. I guess it really started up in 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 uh, early January because I want to say that's when Midnight Sky and um, the Gerard Gerard Butler film uh, Greenland hit. But I'm not exactly sure when their release dates are. But they are both films you can easily go and find on uh, Netflix. Um, they're both sort of post-apocalyptic films, and that's so far as that the the apocalypse has is happening is an ongoing apocalypse and uh the uh, gerard butler film is uh uh basically it's it's uh, lucifer's hammer giant you know meteorite is coming in to extinguish all life on earth and uh he has got to get his family to some bunker in uh in greenland uh that's the whole thing can they get to greenland from i want to say Somewhere in like upstate New York is where they start, and uh, uh, it's uh, him and uh, Morena Bacarin, who's the uh, Brazilian actress who was uh, um, probably most famous for being in Firefly, playing the uh, courtesan on Firefly, and um, it's a, uh, it's not, uh, it, it is a drama and an action film, and a lot of you know, uh, uh, cool action sequences happen, but Gerard Butler is not playing the king of sit-ups that he played in 300. He is not just cutting a swath through everybody with, you know, his, uh, his incredible combat skills. He's just a guy, you know, who's having to deal with a lot of crazy people who are desperate to get a place in the shelter. And it's, it's a film about that. You're not going to see the post-apocalypse in it. You're going to see, Oh shit! It's going down right now. Oh yeah, it's so it's a, it's a pre-apocalypse. It's it's like yeah. it's it's happening. So you get this. You kind of get to see. It's kind of like the breakdown. You see what's happening before it hits the fan. 
So, yeah. and what was which it, is, what, which what is, was what was it called? Because uh, we sh- Greenland, okay. Because we shifted gears, folks, into now movies and TV shows, like yep, yep, this yep. segment. So again, folks, it was called it was uh, it was a movie called Greenland. Yes, and Greenland, and the reason I threw it out at the same time as the George Clooney project, uh, The Midnight Sky, is that for some strange reason, um, George Clooney appears to be in Greenland in his huh. movie. Uh, despite the fact it's not called Greenland. And George Clooney's film is there's been a nuclear war on Earth, and in a kind of uh, on-the-beach kind of way, he's sitting in an old radio telescope position up in Greenland that was supposed to be monitoring, you know, space and whatever, and communicating, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, doing telemetry with a deep space mission um, that, that went to Jupiter. And, and, and it's a big ship that you would expect to see, like, from maybe 2010, and, you know, or one of those films. But the, um, or, or, or uh, what was the film? Uh, Sunshine? It's, a, it's yeah. a ship like that, you know. It's a hard science fiction. It's supposed to be a hard science fiction ship. Uh, but it's returning to Earth, and the whole movie is him trying to get to a place that he can send them a message telling them not to land on Earth because it is, uh, you know, a nuclear hellscape and that they should escape the dying planet. Now, the thing is... Well, the, the, the concept... Okay, let me stop you for a second. The concept sounds interesting. Yes. I, li- I like they, the idea of it. I mean, it, it, it sounds good on paper, you know? But then weird things start happening, like, for instance... Uh, this deep space mission is returning from Saturn, where apparently there is a completely habitable 1G oxygen-nitrogen mixed planet just sitting out there around Saturn that we have heretofore missed. Hmm. And I'm like, really, you're just going to imagine a whole new planet in the solar system, then it's somehow going to be warm enough out there by Saturn or Jupiter? Just okay. Why didn't you just decide that you might as well have just decided that Mars had 1G and Mars had an oxygen nitrogen mix? But it's it's weird the the idea that they're going to go back to that planet and colonize it rather than land on Earth and die of radiation is just weird. I, I don't understand the writing decision behind that at all. Clooney's performance is fine as a guy who was dying of cancer before the earth nuked itself, you know, and he's surviving on the scraps of uh, chemotherapy drugs he has, but um, it's, it's a mess. The film is kind of a mess. I just do not, uh, I I did not enjoy it. Okay. Don't, that's something we could do a whole show on. So don't talk about it anymore. That's something we we can talk about it. So, um, um, but it, it's uh, it's available on your streaming services like Netflix. Um, I wanted to point out uh, what else is our Netflix? Uh, well, you've got, we got we've got yeah, lots. Uh, we got lots. Before I talk about that, I also have to let people know an upcoming show in development. It's only in development. Like they're still working on it. Was you've heard us? We reviewed um, the uh, um, the Hugh Howie series. The silo series, you know, uh-huh. you know, dust, you know, wool. Uh, oh God, I forgot. It's wool, shift. dust, shift. Sh- shift, and dust. Right? No. Yeah, it's wool, dust, shift. Wool, dust, shift. So, wool is in development. Well, apparently, back in 2018, AMC, uh, and I'm glad they didn't get it. Um, so, yeah. 
they were good, but I don't know. It's like, like I said, I stopped watching The Walking Dead and Fear Walk Fear, like a long time ago because it just became too much. It was nighttime soap opera. It's like, yeah, it was apocalyptic and a zombie, but it's just, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, AMC the, was... The zombies were there as the sugar pill to make the, uh, the, 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 the soap opera go down easier. I know, yeah. and, and, and yes, I, I understand that usually these zombie films and the apocalyptic zombie films is not about the zombies. It's more about the characters and their interactions and the humanity and blah, blah, blah. I, I get that, but it was still just too much. So um, so AMC was working on that back in 2018, but apparently that fell through with them, but now Apple TV Plus has picked it up. Um, yeah. And they uh, are going to put that into development, and I think Howie is one of the uh, creative directors on it. So, so they'll be adapting. Uh, you know, who knows? It probably won't come out for a year or two, um, but they're working on it. Uh, they're going to work on it to so put that out. So that's that's it. That was interesting news. I ran across that the other day. So no, I will I will give it some of my time absolutely because those were really good books, really, really good, books. good books. And I I have to say. Um, Apple T- I have Apple TV Plus because I keep on getting it for free because when I get Apple products. So um, so we have it, and we, they they do a good – for a streaming service that's new, because they've only been out for a year and a half, I think, they're, they do some good stuff, and they're getting more stuff. It's like they're, they are lacking in content right now for sure. But they're getting more, and the stuff that they're producing, you know, we've watched a lot of shows on it. They're putting out some good, some good content. Um, so Apple TV Plus is working on that. And speaking of Apple TV Plus, uh, I still haven't watched the complete first season, but the second season of C is uh, coming out soon. So C is the one with uh, uh, Jason, uh, not Mimosa, um, you know, Momoa, Momoa, G. Mimosa. Uh, <laughs> um, he's a tall drink of orange juice and champagne. I, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I am, I am not saying that there are some people who would who would agree with that definition. Yeah, they, there's probably more than a few. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's a he's a he's a striking gentleman. Um, I will I will say that when we watched uh, Aquaman uh, in the theater, there was just a moment where Jason Momoa does you know some something flexy on screen and my girlfriend says oh my god i'm pregnant <laughs> <laughs> what's her response to jason Momoa? like damn you mama yeah uh, he, he can have that effect on people so uh so i've only watched the first few a couple episodes of c i haven't watched it in full yet um and it was okay I, we've talked we talked about it with the blind apocalypse and i just kind of have problems with that how everybody's blind but they're still that the society you know still existing you know whatever is 100 years later because yeah yeah i guess we'd adapt but it was but it's not like it was a sightless world to begin with you know we Mm -hmm. went from a sighted world to a sightless world and it's not really designed for sight is our one of our major evolutionary adaptations in a way that um isn't just about your eyes but the way your brain interprets uh the visual data is huge in humans it's it's one of the most important things that makes us a successful species uh so just losing your eyes isn't just about your eyes it's about all those parts of your brain that was interpreting that data and extrapolating that data so yeah i'm having a hard time imagine that we're just bopping around later uh sightless having adapted to us what a new iron age or a new stone age or something yeah it's 
I think it's somewhere in between. It's not quite Stone Age, but but so their second season's coming out for that. But then also Apple TV Plus. Um, we were I was I was looking this up. I keep on getting so far from the mic, and I think people aren't going to hear me. Um, there's another series coming out uh, on Apple, T- Apple, T- Apple TV Plus. So if you don't have Apple TV Plus, you're not going to be able to see all this stuff. But um, Apple TV Plus is a, there's a movie, there's a series coming out in October called Invasion. It's a uh, you know I'll read the two sentence uh, description here. Earth is visited by an alien species that threatens humanity's existence. Events unfold in real time through the eyes of five ordinary people across the globe as they struggle to make sense of the chaos unveiling around them. And that's well, you know we can always count on aliens to come here and fuck our shit up. That's <laughs> that's just basic. Yeah. yeah so 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 uh, that's that's Apple TV Plus. You know. So you know they have C. Uh, this is coming out and again. It's a pre-apocalypse thing. It's again. It's a downfall scenario. Um, yep. you know, Wool's going to be in development. So there's good stuff on Apple TV. Um, oh, and speaking of, we were talking about, um, senses and sight, um, and sound. Um, I saw A Quiet Place 2. Okay. How did, uh, how did that work out? How did A Quiet Place 2 work out compared to the first one? I think it was good. It, it, it continued the story right from where it left off. Oh, and Really? Yeah, right where it left off, and but there's also a lot of flashbacks d- during the course of the movie that kind of gives a little more background into what actually went on. Now it doesn't give you full details. I actually had to do some research on the internet to get answers for myself because you know the the, the guy who wrote and directed it, uh, which was uh, what's his name, John um, Emily Blunt's husband. Uh, he uh, is his name. His name's John, right? Man, I'm bad at this. Um, we, I'll just I'll I'll IMDb this. For yeah, he he was also on. Uh, what show was he on? Man, I'm just like going. You know, I should have I should be more well prepared for these things. But um, I'm I'm going to uh, do the Ed McMahon thing and look this up. So. Okay, so um, he he's the one who wrote wrote and directed it. Uh, so um, he. It's it so goes he did he had everything flushed out before he did it so he doesn't necessarily tell you the background of everything but you know he had it so when he and he can make it so but yeah it does some flashbacks it shows the breakdown um, yeah it's, it's John Kransky John Kransky I knew it was John I just can't remember from, Kransky from the Office the yeah. Office um so it's good I like it you know. Uh, it goes a little more in depth, and it raised some questions for me too, because I don't remember if, if people have seen the first one. Because you know, like in the first one, at the end, they discover that the feedback from the daughter's uh, hearing aid, uh, because she's deaf, uh, uh, created feedback which uh, bothered the aliens, because they have they are sightless and rely on sound, so they got super sensitive sound. Uh, capabilities because again so like we were talking about C so the aliens are blind they can't see they they rely on their sense of sound uh, or hearing for picking up sounds and so uh, from seeing this the second movie it made me question even more is it specifically the frequency of her the feedback loop from her hearing aid that disables them or would any high frequency sound do that? It's got to be because if it was just high frequency sound, we would have disabled them with explosions. We would have messed them up with the sharp uh, hypersonic sounds of concussion. 
Well, but that's that's a different kind of high frequency sound. So, okay, maybe it's okay. You know, maybe it's not every kind of high frequency. You're right. I am thinking of. I mean, there's a high frequency component to explosions, but mostly that's high decibel, and it's not the same thing. Not the same thing as that, you know. So it it may be within a certain range of that high de- that high decibel feedback. So there may be other ways to recreate it, not just with that hearing aid. But of course, that's all they had. Um, so they get into that a little bit, and my research on that did say that it, they were aliens, and they and according to the research, they were here by accident. It's not like they invaded. It happened to be like apparently, like I don't want to spoil too much, but they came here by accident, and. They definitely lived in a world. Um, well, I mean, you could Google it. I mean, they, they they came from a world that was apparently a sightless. So that's why they have no, they don't have any eyes, and they rely on sound. There's there's a great Wayne Barlow. Uh, he's a science fiction illustrator. He's a there's a great Wayne Barlow book called Expedition, where it's like he's like drawing the alien life on an alien planet, like he's the like he's the like he's Audubon. You know, of the Audubon Society drawing birds or whatever and, and doing these paintings. And the entire life forms on the planet, they're all sightless. They all hunt by echolocation. And they're all jawless, liquivores. None of them have jaws. None of them have teeth. They're all about firing these tongues into the other life form and sucking their, their fluids out, their blood away. So the idea of a echolocation biology is fantastic to me. I think that's 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 fine. Oh yeah, I, I, now that you said, now I remember. It's like a kind of a gray book. It's Barlow's got. Yeah, I, I I've seen that. It's, yeah, that came out like it's in same, the it's like it's the seventies, eighties. It's the same guy did Barlow's guide to extraterrestrials. Barlow's guide to um, fantasy creatures, uh, where that very cool uh, uh, version of the great of the great of the old ones from Mountains of Madness is in, but he's also done books like Expedition, and he has one called Inferno, which is like Visions of Hell. That is, you know, these the hell is like a is like something out of Dante or or something like that. But um, the uh, Expedition is sort of straight up sci-fi, and it's got all kinds of. I mean, is a I want to say it was from that's from the '90s or maybe the late '80s. I know that I ripped it off when I wanted to do strange alien animals for like playing traveler. Hmm. But you know, if I wanted to come up with something that the players weren't expecting, I would pull something out of there, some animal that is a, a, a biped with no other limbs uh, that has uh, no eyes and just has uh, the ability to uh, fire a dart like tongue into people as that's its sort of jaws is this, you know, this horrible tongue thing. And some of those creatures a little bit, although they put teeth on the critters in a quiet place. Uh, the, the echolocation is very similar to that, that story. To yeah, that. So, so it was good. You know, it was a, it was the first time back in the theaters in a, in a while. Uh, but it was, it was, it was good. It was a good movie. Um, you know, if you have a chance to see it, I, I say it's, you know, uh, folks, it's worse. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. So, uh, so that was that. I talked about wool, and then we talked about. Um... We haven't hit up. Uh, oh, speaking of things coming out on Netflix, it just dropped Black Summer season two, which I have watched. Yeah, I have not. We're going to do a whole episode on it. But what is the ten thousand foot view on the second? Because we were both huge fans of the first season. Huge fans. What is the ten thousand foot view on? Season two. Again, it's good. 
I like it. Liked it a lot. Um, it had the same feel because the way that because remember how they did it where it showed different character stories at different timelines and each section started with a with a, with a title. Remember, do you remember that? Yeah. They continue that on through into this because I was reading up on it a little bit. Is they're doing it because the because the director wanted to make it feel like chapters in a book. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. There's a title of a section, and they aren't necessarily like because you know, like in a book, you'll jump around from the future, the past, the present. They do the kind of the same thing in Black Summer. So uh, I think it's a, it's an interesting uh, format the way they're presenting it. So um, it's a couple of this couple. It's the same couple of characters that. Uh, we saw at the very end of Black Summer One the, those couple of characters that kind of made it to this bottom of the stadium, like I think the three people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it tells their story, and of course, there's other groups we encounter. It's about four months four months later from the end of Black uh, Black Summer uh, One, the first season. Literally, so, we moved into Black Winter. It's yeah, it's yeah, because it definitely gets into winter time. And it says, I, I like it, you know, uh, the, the uh, you know, it's those characters, we encounter other groups, they continue the same um, uh, things that we saw in the first one, there's not a lot of zombies, uh, necessarily, but you don't need a lot when they're fast, uh, because, especially, you know, if you watch Black Summer 1, uh, Black Summer 1, Season 1, that, you know, as soon as somebody dies, within seconds they fucking turn. Like, as soon as the heart stops, they're up and eating your fucking face. You know? It's, yeah. that's, you know... Don't even have time to, don't even have time in the ER to call it. it, it they're right back on you. Yeah. Which is interesting. Now, because here's the thing. Um, this is we could talk, we'll talk about zombies here for a second. Is You, like myself, have always kind of been in the traditional camp of Romero uh, mythology of zombies. You know, yeah. Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, you know, the whole slow zombie apocalypse. And, you know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, it's the classics. I enjoy it a lot. But I've kind of come, in 2021, I've kind of come around to the fast zombies as well. Now, I'm not talking about the fast zombies from 28 Days Later, because we've debated this a thousand times that they're not fucking they zombies. They're not zombies. They they're not zombies. Victims. They're plague victims, which people don't seem to get. Um... So, but actual fast zombies, which they did in the remake of Dawn of the Dead, you know, uh, the 2004, I want to say. The Schneider one, and he also brings those zombies forward for Army of Army of the Dead, for Schneider's well, Army of the Dead. Which you watch, we'll, we'll, get, we'll talk we'll about get that. To that. We'll get to that, because you, you watch that. I haven't watched it. Um, okay. So I, I've kind of come around to the fast zombie, because, you know what? It, because why do the zombies need to be slow? You know, why can't they be fast? I'm not saying that, oh, fast is right or slow is right, but I don't think either one of them is wrong because it's good. There doesn't seem to be a physical reason why they couldn't be just as fast as they were in life. Yeah. I mean, until they start breaking their legs and things and now they're stumbling around on broken tibias and femurs, that could slow them down. Yeah. You know, but uh, when they're fresh dead and jump back up, why? What's the physiological reason? You mentioned. Was it meant to be like rigor mortis? Is that what we were supposed to be seeing in um, Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead? We were supposed to be seeing the zombies suffering from rigor that would never leave. They just get stuck with a kind of stiffness because of the, you know, that process. You know, maybe we never we never really knew. 
you know. But or they have neurological damage from whatever has revived them, hasn't revived them perfectly, and so because they have brain damage, they're kind of fucked up and you know stumbling around and not as agile. Which is but, which is uh, which is which is possible and a valid, uh, which is a valid myth. It's it's a uh, I don't want to say mythology, um, folklore, or it, it's it's part yeah. of that story. Yeah, it can certainly be part of that. Part of that can uh, that canon, I guess. I don't yeah. know uh, whatever yeah. the whatever the right term is for that. Uh, but I don't see any reason for fast zombies. Like if, like if you know, if you just died, there's no fucking reason that your body just can't get get up and start fucking doing a marathon. There's no reason because you know rigor mortis hasn't set in, and you know, and th- and that's the problem. Um, like you said, is like they're they're gonna run themselves ragged. So, um, and it, so 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 there's a lot of cool things. You know, they do a lot of their cool little uh, things that they do. From the first season, they still continue that that stuff there, and I, I won't spoil stuff, you know, uh, related to that. Uh, but it is winter, so we do see that. I mean, I know they addressed it in the. I think they addressed it in the Walking Dead that zombies were slower in the cold, um, mm-hmm. and just so you know, I had that idea first. Um, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't prove it. Um, Before Max Brooks got in there, that dirty, that dirty plagiarist. That motherfucker. Um, <laughs> because back when I worked, because I worked at Publix from 1991 to 2000. So I worked in the produce department, and uh, which was next to the meat department. So er, and so this is early on. This is like mid-90s, well before Brooks' fucking book. Now, because um, we were all about the whole zombie thing, especially me, me and my friends back then still. So something got me thinking, because... In the meat department, when they had these big hunks of meat, and you know they cut it on the on the saws, you know to to bring it's like it down. cutting through. It's like cutting through wood when it's frozen. I mean, it's fro- it's... because they're not going to cut it when it's all soft and loose. They would freeze the meat in the free. They would get it cold, so it would cut better. And I thought about that. I'm like, you know what? That should be affecting zombies that way because it was never really. Addressed. I don't think it was ever addressed before then. I mean, somebody could no. tell, prove no. me wrong, but it was never addressed because okay, if it's cold, I mean, I'm not talking forty degrees, but when you get down to their thirties, twenties, tens, when it's really fucking cold, all zombies are are hunks of meat and water. And water, maybe if it's still there, and meat freezes. So that would if, stop if your zombies. A, if, they, if they get a cell structure, they've got water in them. When it's gonna freeze, that's it's gonna all freeze. There is to it. So that I I thought about that back in the nineties. I'm like, yeah, that's the that's the key. When the zombie apocalypse happens, you just gotta go up north because that's gonna slow them down because they're gonna freeze because they're just they're just hunks of meat. There's no blood flowing. They're not gonna keep warm. You know what? Before Max Brooks, maybe that little short film you found online, Survival of the Dead. Wasn't that a, a a plot point in Survival of the Dead where they're like, we have to go north, we have to get out of Georgia? I want to say that it was also filmed in Georgia. It wasn't was. that a plot point in that? And and there was like, wasn't there a thing about we have to go north because maybe the the the, the winter will come in and we can yeah you know, just pick them off because they're will be frozen. I sort of remember that, but maybe, maybe I, yeah. I I'd, I'd have to go. I I, I got it on the shelf. I'll, I'd have to go look at it again. But that, yeah. might, that might beat Max Brooks to the punch. Yeah, because I but, remember hearing that. But none of them, thought, none of them beat me. I, I you know, you. I, I, I mean, you got to just take my word for it. So, well, you are the mayor of Zombie Town. I am the mayor of Zombie so Town. I'm gonna take your word for it. 
So so they so they show that in in Black Summer, which is great season two. So anyway, so Black Summer. If you like the first season, you will like the second season. Um, it, it works. Was such a, I'm shocked because it was such a high bar for the first season. I thought, yeah, second season's gonna blow. No, I like it because I because I also like about it too is they cut out a lot of the bullshit. Like if they're going from the ski resort to the airport. We don't need to see five episodes of them getting from this from the ski lodge to the fucking airport. I don't need to spend an entire season of them going fucking five miles, which was what started to happen at The Walking Dead. It's like, okay, you know what? I really don't need to see their humanity and human interaction for fucking a whole season to go five miles, you know? So uh, Black Summer, they, okay, we're leaving. Now we're here. You know, they cut, they cut out that extraneous fat out of it which i like because you know you get through the story quicker you know so anyway black season uh black season black summer season two if you like the first one watch the second one if you haven't watched either of them watch them now your mileage may vary but we think it's good and we'll we'll do we'll do we'll do a full review of uh uh, season two, uh, once Scott watches it. Also. Once I catch up, um, and you have not seen Army of the Dead yet from nope. Zack Schneider. Uh, I have. Um, tell, I us, gotta... tell us about it, please. Uh, again, uh, tell us about it without going into as long as a review that I did, because we will do a whole review of that movie, too. So please tell I us about it. i got to tell you, Dave Bautista does a great job. I'm very happy with Dave's performance. Um you know, he was talking about in interviews how he wouldn't have gotten this gig if he hadn't been in Blade Runner 2049, that that, that role, uh, people were like, holy cow, there's Dave actually acting, you know, as opposed to just being in these Marvel movies. Yeah. But uh, he does a great job in it. Uh, Tig Notaro does a great job in it. A lot of the actors are good, but the problem is not the actors. The problem is Zack Schneider. Zack Schneider cannot keep anything in focus i don't know what is going on but it's there is everything is out of focus in weird ways in this film and i guess that's an artistic choice but it's not good um the film fails to live up to its own internal consistencies right like if you establish something in scene one that vanishes in scene two just just like that and i it was very hard to tolerate as they would constantly shift the ground under the characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the, the writing just could not maintain consistency. Uh, the actors were fine. They're, they have a whole super zombie plot where there's prime zombies. And then there's the zombies that prime zombies create. And I'm like, nah, I can live with some of that. Um, there's, there's zombie animals. Nah. If there were zombie animals, we'd be screwed because the birds would be flying everywhere and Las Vegas wouldn't be in quarantine. I did, could, I did not enjoy uh, Army of the Dead, sadly. I could not recommend it. I feel like it will be... I, I feel like it's a, it would be a waste of your time. There are the characters that get everybody killed and then suffer no repercussions. You know, there are the characters that you care about that literally get abandoned by the story at certain points there's just there's a whole thing about we have to go get this person they go get this person they put them on a helicopter the helicopter crashes we never see that character again they vanish they don't even show us that they died so yeah i did not have a good time that that that, that, that just sounds like a lot of bad writing because yeah 
Just the fact that you said that the shifting, uh, what did you say? Um, the ground keeps shifting under the character. Well, before that, the characters, you said that the, was it the plot for the characters you said changed? Or they, the, uh... they could not, they do not maintain an eternal consistency okay, in the, con- the film. Okay, so the continuity of, of the story keeps on uh, changing. So there's no continuity through the story, which... I felt like there wasn't. I mean, I felt like there wasn't. Because, you know, um, just... Somebody, all right. We uh, we have, we always have a Burke character, like from Aliens, who's got their own agenda on the thing, and it's set up very much like tra- uh, Train to Busan to Peninsula. Go in, rob a casino, right? And the casino owner is like, "I want you to get the money out of my vault in the casino. I can't get to it. I need a team to go in and move all this money, and so on and so forth." And it's like, "Oh, cool. I I've already been paid the insurance." for the lost money you're going to get the money back i'm going to double my money i'm like okay that sort of sort of makes sense so they go we need to break into the vault wait a minute what why why do you need to break into the vault the guy who owns the vault is telling you to go in can't he give you the code nope nope he doesn't have the code you need to bring a safe cracker who has no combat abilities so that they're dead weight in the story they can't just write down the combination on a piece of paper and hand it to you and i'm just like what 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 i mean that's just like one of the opening bits of what that's, the hey that's pretty blaringly bad because i mean if it was some rando that was like hey i heard this casino has this money in there i want you to but i need you to go in and steal that money we'll split it be, before the owner cuts it himself ha 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 okay fine safe cracker the fucking owner can't yes. can't get you into the fucking safe no mm, no yeah. he can't he cannot. I, I'm calling. I'm calling shenanigans on that. Um, yeah, it's full of shenanigans, which is sad because Dave does a great. I mean, Dave does a lot of really good work in this film, being an action star, and uh, you know, I really liked. I, I just really liked his work, and it's a shame that it, his work is better than the film. Yeah, just just the whole thing with the the continuity. Just mm, that doesn't that doesn't bode well. You know, because that's kind of that. Because that's kind of like you know, uh, you know how much I hate that. Because like, especially that happened with like the Deathland series. You know, continuity fucking disappeared when fucking uh, you know uh, uh, Ahern fucking uh, died. Well, yeah, exactly. Because when he stopped writing those stories, there was no fucking consistency because somebody else was writing and there was guest writers. Somebody brought up a really cool idea and then like it was never touched on again. Like, what the yeah, fuck happened to a, that? A, Immediately abandoned uh, yeah. after the one. Yeah, I, I hate I hate that. So, I mean, of course, you know, you're not recommended to people, but of course, I will have to watch it. So then we could both, uh, you know, uh, be miserable and talk and, and talk but, about. We'll talk about in detail. So I'll watch. We that, will. So. We will share the pain. We will. That's all there is to it. So when you get through the apocalypse, as you you join together in misery. So, so those are those are going to be two upcoming episodes, folks. We're gonna like when Scott gets through Black Summer two, we'll review Black Summer two. When uh, I watch Army of the Dead, then we'll we'll do a show on Army of the Dead. So two zombie episodes and, coming and up. Something I said when I first you know saw it and came out. If you're going to watch a zombie apocalypse that takes place in and around Las Vegas, check out the film. Uh, it stains the sands red. This was a film made, I believe, back in 2016. It is essentially, it is a full zombie apocalypse, but it just follows the story of, of a character who in any other zombie apocalypse movie, this character would just show how the monster works and die horribly. 
they're like this coked out stripper from Vegas, right? And this kind of character would just be a nice victim. You don't have to like her because she's kind of a, she dresses horrible and she's a cokehead and, you know, whatever. And she can just die horribly and the audience can move on. But this movie takes this woman and pits her the whole movie against one zombie where she's separated from her car, separate from her supplies, trying to get across the Nevada desert, just following the GPS signal on her phone like to tell her which way north is trying to get to an airfield so that she can be flown out of here and it's just her versus one zombie that never sleeps never gets tired doesn't need to drink doesn't need to eat it's just right you know 20 paces behind her the whole way across the desert and it's pretty good it i mean it's super low budget it's got uh there i guess it's got some issues but uh i really think that it, it held up it's not like as good as say the dead speaking of zombies and deserts yeah. which was the, the the zombie film made in africa that was amazing but it's still got a lot going on in it, and it's a lot more imaginative and interesting than uh than zach schneider's film plus it's all in focus ah it also has that benefit so i would I would do if you're going to have a choice of which which uh, and I want to say it's on IMDb TV. You can watch it for free there. So if you're thinking about, well, do you watch uh, uh, Zack Snyder on Netflix with Army Dead, or you watch uh, It Stains of Sanskrit? Go with It Stains of Sanskrit. Go with that one. I'll have to, I'll have to look for that too because again, the whole single person with a zombie because they have something like that in uh, Black Summer too. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, cool. There's like a scene, but of course they're faster zombies. So that's that's the thing in Black Summer too. There's not usually hordes of zombies because you don't need it. Just one zombie is enough to fuck the freak the people the fuck out, and they can't fucking handle their shit. And you know, running at full speed and just keeps nipping people. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like scenes where there's like two or three or four people, and there's one zombie, and like they fail. You know. Well, that's why I want zombies to be scary. I want zombies to be absolutely, you know, gut-watering, terrifying. And that's that's what Black Summer delivered in the first season. They yes. gave us, they made the zombie apocalypse absolutely terrifying again. And not to keep talking about Black Summer, but here's an interesting side note about that. Uh, Black Summer is in the supposedly in the same universe as Z Nation. Z Nation is a Netflix uh, zombie s- series that's been out for, oh, God, I don't know, 10 years. It's been out for a long time. Yeah, they've been um, like five five or six seasons top, something like that. And it was goofy. It was, you know, it was kind of a goofy apocalypse, zombie apocalypse. It really got goofy uh, later on. Um, it started off okay, but then it got, you know, it got too, it just got too goofy uh, for my, my, my liking. And, mm-hmm. uh, so it's supposedly it's supposedly set in that same universe. Goofier than say Shaun of the Dead. Right? Not th- that's a that was a that was a good co- comedic uh, okay. roles. You know, goofy like and just like okay, okay, you know, slaps. You know, Shaun of the Dead was a solid comedic take on on you know uh, with zombies and the, mm-hmm. so the content they did, but they still took it serious. This they were trying to be. They were okay. They, I understand they were trying to be lighthearted, and they were trying. They were trying to. It was kind of a counter to The Walking Dead, which was super serious, you know, drama. Yeah, so, 
very, very serious. We Ser- seriously need to know where Carl is every episode. <laughs> Carl, uh, so, so that that's what that's what I think that's what bred uh, Z Nation, and it's supposedly set in that same universe. Because it's like so, they say it's kind of kind of a prequel, uh, but they say it is, but it isn't now. Because I think in Z Nation they refer to when the zombie apocalypse happen happening to, as called the Black Summer. So that's why it's called Black Summer. Again, it's supposed to be set in the same universe, but it's not the same universe. Because he had said something that like you know you know uh, Black Summer is when it's actually going down. And Z Nation is much further along in the timeline, and things start to get weird. And it's like, yeah, yeah, weird in a bad way. I wouldn't. I would be okay if they continued doing Black Summer, but kind of rebooted. You know, didn't you know? Kind of retracted, saying that it's in the Z Nation universe and just made it its own universe. You know, yeah. because be it'll ruin it. So, but so that's and that was just interesting that it was in Z Nation universe. Last two things I want to mention in the you know world of apocalypse that is out and about. Um, I want to mention I finally got around to seeing the uh, the Stephen King movie. The Stephen King book Cell was was made into a movie, and I did not know that. I've seen until, that. Yep, and uh, with Cusack and ja- and Samuel John Cusack, Samuel Jackson. Um, ultimately. It's the thing where people get a signal through their cell phones that drives them mad, turns them to slavering, murderous killers. It has that fast zombie feel, but it's worse because it's fast zombies with tools. Everyone picks up a club or a knife or anything they get their hands on to murder their people who haven't heard the signal yet. And it's not bad at the beginning. It's pretty good at the beginning. But boy, Stephen King has to add a supernatural element to it. And it's very, very, um, very, very the stand. And if you're not really want that, if you just want something that was, I don't know, some techno terrorism or some, you know, whatever else is going on, he goes for a very supernatural answer to the problem. And uh, I, I wasn't quite digging that. Now I dug the ending. It's a super, it's a downer, but um, uh, it, uh, the supernatural part didn't, didn't work for me nearly as well the, there's a lot of good stuff in it you know stacy kate shows up for a while and is cool and you know uh sam jackson is very good in it and the people who have been affected by the signal are appropriately creepy but um ultimately i i didn't quite like the supernatural aspect but i think it's worth you know an hour and 30 minutes of your time um, I, I, I did like, what about you, Mr. Wallace? You've seen it. You saw it years ago then, obviously. Yeah. I saw it such a long time ago. I really don't remember a lot of the detail about it. I really don't. Uh, the only there's, thing a, I... there, there's a scene where they have the, the, the people who've heard the signal shut down at night. And there's that thing where they drive the truck through the, across the football field that they're all sleeping in where the truck is just driving over sleeping, you know, people and, I, I have to admit, I did not did not expect that to be happening in that movie at all. Um, but the whole yeah, they they managed to make me feel super uncomfortable in this film a couple of times, and I was grateful <laughs> that they were able to give me the the squick me on a couple of things, and that was one of them. Uh, there are some great moments in the film. Uh, I just don't know that it holds up completely. The last thing I want to bring up is Awake, which is yes. also on Netflix. Now, Awake is not 
the book Black Moon. A while back, we talked about Black Moon, which was the, the, the insomnia apocalypse where no one can sleep. And as people stay awake within 48 hours, they're not thinking straight. And within 72 hours, they're starting to get delusional and hallucinate. And awake does that. Just one day, there are like these solar flares. It's like an EMP combined with no one can sleep. So first thing, you know, everyone's trying to get old cars restarted. But even as you're watching, like at one point in a garage, some guy's trying to get an old 1960s car going, you can see that their brains are already leaking out of their head. And when I say that, I mean it literally, because apparently when you haven't slept in a while, your brain starts to swell and your brain will herniate. That is to say your brain will get so big that it becomes in contact with the inside of your skull and it will squeeze your brain out the hole in the bottom of your skull that connects to your spine and kill you. Hmm. That is what people are looking at in five days, you know, and in the story, our main character, uh, you know, finds out that her daughter can sleep. Uh, when this happens, she, her daughter can sleep and then, her daughter becomes the target of religious zealots who want her to tell God to let everyone to sleep. She's the target for this government lab that wants to find out why, you know, how to get people to sleep again. And uh, it is it is good, and uh, you know, it 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 moves along at a good pace. A lot of stuff happens in an hour and like thirty nine minutes. They they they. they I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I would recommend anyone see it. Well, I would say too is. How, yeah, they want to find out how she could sleep, but if it happens within five days, wouldn't basically everybody drop off within, like, the world would end in five days? Exactly. Exactly. That's how fast this apocalypse is, you know? And they're, the government guys are taking these drugs to try and keep their brains going, you know? Oh, it's, so they're doing something to try to prevent... Okay, I gotcha, yeah, gotcha. but it's causing neurological damage, even though it's preventing them from wigging out. One of the things, though, this is different than than black uh black moon was black moon it wasn't everybody can't stop sleeping immediately at the same time this awake is boom solar flares everything all the electrical systems die nobody can sleep again uh in black moon it came on slowly okay people here and there are freaking out and dying of lack of sleep and then it becomes a tidal wave as it you know sort of you know, the J curve rises and rises of more and more cases. Uh, so black moon took place over months, but this is literally, it's five days to doomsday. It's five days to an extinction level event. There's even a part where they're like, animals don't be, aren't affected except chimps because they share too much DNA with us. So chimpanzees are going extinct because oh, wow. they can't sleep and they're losing their gourds as well. Just, oh. just, Super gross, but I yeah, see. it's I, I, what it's on Netflix. You said yes, yes. It's I see. Awake. I see two awakes in uh, Netflix. This will be the twenty twenty one one. Twenty twenty one, one hour thirty six minutes. Yep, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So, all right, so folks, I'm going to watch that too, and then we'll do it again. All right, so we we got uh, we got some content lined up, you know, because 
it was getting to a point where I'm like, man, what are we going to talk about? So, you know what? We'll watch some movies, read some books, do some reviews on stuff, you know? Um, We're also going to have to take in Sweet Tooth, because Sweet Tooth... I was just going to mention that. Yes, is another kind of apocalypse. You know, apparently it's an apocalypse with, we're going to be saved by furries, but... (laughs) You know, I'll, I, we're going to have to look. We have a professional responsibility to look. Um, if the world is going to be saved by furries, I don't want to live in that kind of world. Yeah, I said we, we can go. We can, we can just go. Uh, it's, that's fine. It's You know what? Um, I think we're going to have a suicide murder pact going. If that happens, <laughs> it's like... We had a good run. We had it, a good run. It, it's go- it, it's going to be okay. On the count of three, yeah. pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, you're muted. We had a good run. We made Casablanca. Marilyn Monroe existed. There's been a lot of good things human civilization has done, but I got, we're done now. We're done. We're, if, we're, we're just done. If furries are saving the world. Because <laughs> when I first saw the Sweet Tooth, what it reminded me of, there was a story in, I don't remember if it was Heavy Metal or Epic uh, yes. magazine. Yes, it was Epic. It Absolutely. Was, it was there was a story where now and I think in Sweet Tooth this people are I think babies are just randomly being born as hybrids, but yes, there yes. was a there was a thing in this story that uh humanity wasn't able like for some reason we started to not be able to reproduce. Uh so they had to they had us do something where they had to make human animal hybrids to be able to continue reproducing. Uh, because yeah, humans it was couldn't. something like that, or it was so, a. Pl- I remember it was like related to a plague, maybe. Maybe there's like a plague that made made like humans sterile, so they had to like they had to like genetically engineer people to be mixes of animals. So it's this world where you know you got monkey heads and dog boys, and you know, um, and you know it's about this quest for knowledge of what's going on, and you know trying to get the human back. So when I first saw that, that's the first thing I thought of. As soon yeah. as I saw that, so, yeah. uh, but it's not quite that. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to dig through my, not now, but I'm going to dig through my Epic Magazine archive, uh, digital archive, and find the story so that when we review, watch, and then review Sweet Tooth, I'll be able to tell people, hey, this was the story in Epic Magazine. So yeah, um, yeah. Again, that's our scatter shot of of apocalypse that is on the horizon that has been come out since at least the beginning of the year. Um, and or just, or just, just even in the last couple of months, like stuff just keeps yes. on popping up. So we figured it's like, hey, we need to do a off-topic show uh, to kind of talk about, you know, the, uh, you know, again, the popery, the, apo- the apocalyptic potpourri of um, of content that's <laughs> that's coming out. So it's yeah, it's it's good. It's uh, so there's a lot of good no, stuff. No, nothing like a pandemic to get people thinking about the apocalypse. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess we should have been recording more in the apocalypse during the apocalypse, the pandemic, and you know, talk doing reviews of like you know carriers and the drama strain and stuff like that. But you know, I just didn't feel like it, folks. I just yeah, a little too close to the bone. Thanks very much. Yeah, I just I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I was, you know, basically every weekend I was spending time floating in our new pool that we got finished right before everything went to lockdown. So at least we had something to fucking do. You know, so. It's like I couldn't watch any more TV. It's like, hey, let's go get sunburned and swim. That was perfect, you know. That seems that's a very Florida reaction, sir. It is. It's Florida man, you know, so, right there. But no, uh, all, you, all you need is a is a cooler filled with beer floating in the pool with you. 
You know, and you're just—you uh, don't even need to put in a cooler. Just throw them in the pool, drink them. You know, they, they will—they will float. So just paddle over to the next beer. Exactly, and just you know, or or, or white claw, whatever your whatever your get whatever your uh, whatever your uh, groove is. You know, uh, we, we will not judge you, no matter what you care to imbibe. We might, but um, well, not Zima. I mean, obviously. What is it? What is this? The nineties? The people don't drink Zima anymore. Uh, <laughs> Same way they drink Tab. I think. You know what? People still do. You know what? There was a thing. Okay, now we're completely going off the off the apocalyptic track. But there was a thing like my friend kept on posting pictures on Facebook of like I don't know six months ago. Like we scored more Tab. My friend's down in South Florida. Apparently, like they were supposed to. I guess maybe in certain markets they weren't uh, making and distributing tab anymore or something like that. So yeah. they were freaking out because my friend's wife loves tab. And I'm like, what is this? 19 fucking 70, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, cause you know, I, I, I remember tab commercials from the seventies. It was like the, you know, you know, all the great taste of just one calorie tab. You know, I remember the commercials, Tab was the first diet drink, you know, and it was fucking disgusting. It's, it, it was. Is, it, it was. It, it, to describe it as an acquired taste is like describing getting punched in the face as an acquired taste. It was not. Good. No, there, there is no acquiring that taste. You have to be absolutely fucking out of your mind to enjoy drinking that. Um, <laughs> like my my mom drank because again in the seventies, so you know my mom drank fucking Tab, and yeah. sometimes that was the only stuff in the house, and it's like, oh, it's like it was so it is. So so gross it is it, like it would have to be it would have to be it would have to be the apocalypse for me to drink that again okay yeah i, I will never voluntarily ever drink that again but yeah. that will be just the, what you deserve where you find the bunker full of supplies and you're like fucking tab oh, really? that's, that's gonna be really? my car that's my gonna be my karma um <laughs> so so they were kept on taking pictures of like, oh, we scored like all these cases of tab, and then I fucking call, I like, I met, I sent him a text or something. I'm like, dude, it's like it's on the shelves here where I live. It's like, what? I don't get it, you know. But apparently, it was like supposed to be discontinued, but it wasn't. But yeah. So anyway, tab. Yeah, no, we're not. There's no fucking tab in my pool. Um, you know, it's like it, there's no tab. There's no Zima. There's no Bartles and James. There's no. Uh, uh, no wine, no wine coolers, no uh, Zima, no. Well, I guess White Claw is a new thing because that's well, because that's is that the new thing now? Hard, it's a hard seltzer, right? That's is yeah, that the I've thing. Heard about the whole, I haven't tried the hard seltzer. You I know haven't. what? Just fucking drink, fucking. I'll tell you what I did try recently was some Korean beer. That's, uh, that's, height, that's... height, and cast with the two brands, and they're 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 good lagers. They're, I mean, they're good. Well, Pilsner, excuse me, I shouldn't have said a lager, but uh, yeah, they were good solid beers. Um, I, I tried I tried because I had it in my fridge was because uh, you know uh, I don't really drink that much uh, because I, uh, beer doesn't agree with me anymore because of the wheat mm-hmm. it, it, it makes me sick uh, so I, I only occasionally have a beer uh, but I like Trooper uh, if people don't know again we're totally off the apocalypse here folks um, we uh, Trooper beer which is the beer put out by Robinson Brewery which was developed by Bruce Dickerson who's the lead singer to Iron Maiden. So he Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah. So he that's one of his hobbies. Besides being a pilot, Bruce Dickerson, the lead singer and, you know, the person in Iron Maiden is also a licensed commercial pilot to where when they would fly to gigs cuz they do a lot of gigs, he he helps fly the plane. He is one of the pilots on the jet. 
So regular a Renaissance figure and a brewer, which makes him and he him. has a brewing a brewing hobby. And Robertson Brewery approached him, so he they made tr- it's called Trooper Beer, so it's Iron Maiden inspired beer. So they come out with all these different flavors. You know, uh, you know their base beer is a uh, a British pale is an English pale ale. That's that yeah. that that's their um no uh, no sorry not a pale ale a bitter it's a it's an it's a bitter English ale is their okay. is their, is their main beer and then during the year like they would come out with different uh specialties Recipes. during yeah. the holidays like like there's a, a they put out they don't make it of course they don't have it anymore but I liked it they put out a porter called black and red it's really good um so they put out these different these different flavors so they put out cuz when you mentioned korean there's uh they there's a sake uh infused beer that they put out it's uh i think they call it like Sun Trooper or something like that. So it's a sake based uh, uh, trooper beer, you know, which was interesting. Gonna, I tried that. For, I'm gonna have to look for these on my shelf, my grocery store shelf. Next it's time not gonna be in your regular grocery store shelves. You're gonna have to go to specialties like a like a Total Wine and More or something like that. To, to I've, get... I've got I've got one of those uh, beer a millions that's near. But the, I don't remember the name of it, but there is a specialty beer uh, emporium here up here in Seattle, up on uh, Aurora Avenue. There's going to be exactly what you're talking about yeah they probably would they probably would have it there so yeah they have some different nice little flavors they do different uh you when, know they, when, when it comes to the apocalypse you're going to have to expand your beer drinking tastes people because I, it's, it's going to be catch as catch can <laughs> after the after it all falls apart you know all i know all I, all I know is when it gets down to that i have to just you know drink uh budweiser then i'm just going to kill myself so uh <laughs> no budweiser no furries this, no budweiser, this is budweiser no Budweiser, Bush, uh, Coors, um, all that stuff was basically. Well, you know what? You know what? You could use that to supplement your water supply because that's all it's fucking. <laughs> because that's all it is. It's like the worst effing beer, you know. And I, I know I like like Miller Lite, uh, but you know what? It's just all fucking water. It's just it's not well, even. Again, not, you know, it'll be the apocalypse. So potable water will have ceased to exist, and we're going to need to have a little alcohol in everything we drink so we don't die of dysentery. Yeah, it's got to have some alcohol in it, or we'll, we'll we might as well be drinking uh, water from a ditch, you know, and and then die by shitting ourselves to death with dysentery. Something I would like to skip in the apocalypse, so I will deign to drink Bud Light if I have to. Just so, so you're trying to say that cheap ass garbage beers are going to be our savior in the apocalypse? Is that what you're trying to say? I am saying that we may have to resort to desperate, desperate measures. Yeah, and you know what? But at least, at least we won't feel bad doing it because we're gonna have so much beer in us, right? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have, to have a lot of beer in us. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, we we have com- folks, we have completely, completely digressed here. Um, but we talked about beer, so that's okay. So, yeah. um, so anyway, folks, so we've run way long, longer than I normally like to do. But you know what else is new? Um. So that's that was like shot, Scott said. That's our your shotgun blast of different post-apocalyptic things to look into. Um, and the only thing I wanted to f- uh, finish up with is um, a lot of you uh, may not even hear this anymore. Because here's the thing, uh, just real quick, um, I haven't been posting these to the YouTube channel because we're not doing video anymore. Um, as you, as you've probably seen, uh, our initial intent was never to do video. It was just to be an audio podcast. Now, uh, when we started doing this, the easiest way to record at the time was doing Google Hangouts because yeah, it's got video for us to see each other and chat. Um, but Google Hangouts, uh, 
that we used basically transmitted it live, recorded it, and posted it on the YouTube channel. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll have video, and then I'll rip down the audio afterwards. So that's why we always had videos. And I know a lot of people prefer YouTube. Um, we have like a thousand followers, I think now. Uh, people like YouTube. I, I don't personally like it. I don't want to be a video person. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to be a YouTuber. I just don't like. I don't want. I don't want to be on video. So, uh, so that's eventually going to change. So we stopped doing video. Um, when I the last few episodes, I converted them into a video with a static image that just had the audio, and I posted them up. Now, the last two episodes, I haven't done. So, if you know, if you were a YouTube person and then you come across this, that's why you haven't seen it. I may or may not get around to those anymore. Uh, I'm also contemplating just pulling down the whole YouTube channel because I really don't care. I'm just telling you folks, I don't care about YouTube. I don't want to be a YouTuber at all. You know, so I may just, you know, I was going to convert everything to audio, but that's going to take so much work that I don't want to do it. So I'd rather just eliminate the videos because I, you know, and just because I just want to be audio. So I, I don't know, folks. That's why you haven't been seeing that there. Because I, I, because it's just, it's it's more my personal preference. It's not necessarily anybody else's, but a lot of people like it. But you know what? I don't want to watch YouTube to hear stuff, you know, because I can't do it on my phone. Because I do this stuff on my phone, and it's like you got to keep YouTube open to hear it. But sometimes I'm doing other things while I'm list- on my phone while I'm listening to podcasts. You can't do that when you're watching YouTube. Or I guess you could keep YouTube open on your computer. I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's not what I want to do. So we've made that we've made that uh, that shift. So that's why, you know, you're not seeing that anymore. It's like, yeah, I know. It would have been easier just to be audio from the beginning, but, you know, whatever. So that's why, folks, if you were a video watcher on YouTube, that's why you're not seeing it anymore. And you may, you'll may you never see another video again. Probably not. Uh, and I may just, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with that yet. So anyway, I just wanted to add that, you know, because it's too much work to convert it. That's why I shut down commenting and all that stuff on there because I just don't have the bandwidth to mental bandwidth to monitor and do all that stuff because you know people get stupid on there and I just don't I just don't have time to deal with that you know and then of course you know you'll ask the ultimate question why are you putting yourself out there why are you doing this you know because well because I like doing it but I don't necessarily want to deal with the um you know I don't know the, the internet. The, internet. the entire internet coming. I just don't feel you know. It's like yeah, we're putting ourselves out on the internet. I just don't want to deal with the stupid stuff. I just want to yeah. record. I just want to uh, record and talk about uh, something that we're passionate about and share it with people. It's like I don't necessarily. You know, we do engage people, but it's like I don't. I don't have the. I don't have it in me or the time in me to engage in forums and chats and you know. Oh, let's have a Discord channel. Like some people do Discord channels. I I, I heard the perfect. Uh, you know, I can't remember what's the exact quote now about what Discord is because I've seen Discord, I have Discord, and it's just it's chaos. It's like somebody said that you know, yeah, I don't use Discord. It's like ten thousand different MSN messaging threads all in one place. It's like it's 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 total. It's a total shit show. You can't have a conversation because you jump into th- it's it's you know so. That's why we don't do anything like that. We just don't. We don't have it in us. So we just try to record some content, have these discussions, make you aware of certain things. Sometimes we have people on. We talk to people. Just you know, to, to give you content. You know, so that that's 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 about that's all we really have in us, unfortunately, folks. And we're sorry. We we you know we wish we could do more for you. We wish we could do a Patreon and give you all kinds of cool extra stuff and. 
you know, hang out with you on Discord and be everybody's buddies and stuff like that. But we just we just don't have the time for that. We're sorry. So we're just going to try to, you know, give you recorded uh, audio podcasts and just try to make it the best we can make it, folks. So that's yes. it. Well, well, simultaneously trying to avoid encountering the rest of the Internet, which is exhausting. It's yeah. just exhausting. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> so anyway, folks, again, I just wanted to give that little update on the YouTube thing. That's why people haven't been seeing anything on there, just in case people were wondering, you know, why I've been neglecting it. So, yes, it's all on my shoulders again. So sorry, folks. But uh, anyway, so that's that. So uh, like we said in this uh, episode, we had all kinds of uh, cool things to talk about and all kinds of things we're going to watch. And we definitely got some reviews coming up for some movies for you guys and some TV shows. Um, I'll talk about that really cool book when I get it, hopefully the next week or so, you know, uh, after the world ends, you know, so I'll let you guys know how, uh, cool that is. And I, then... I am dying to, to see which of the most obscure, uh, post-apocalyptic movies that they may have come up with in this, you know, the, what are the, what are the oddballs that maybe, you know, you may have seen once on a, a Saturday, you know, afternoon creature feature show back in the 80s or 90s, and it just vanished off the face of the earth. Couldn't even find it in a video store. That kind of stuff is what oh, I'm oh, really yeah. hoping for. It's 256 pages, so I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff in there. So um, I'll make a blog post uh, about that, another one with uh, some links to the French uh, website where you could order it from. So if, you, if anybody's interested in that, so I'll post that, I'll post it up there. Cause yes, I don't do show notes either. So um, I just, I just try to, I just try to make, you know, it, again, it's too much work and I know we're lazy. Uh, very, we're very. sorry. We're sorry. Not sorry. Not that, not sorry. Not, not that sorry, but we're done. We'll we're, 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 we, 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 cause you know, cause we haven't done a show. We haven't recorded in a, you know, a few weeks. So we're, you know, we're a little chatty folks, but anyway, so again, so this was our episode seven, uh, episode uh, 87, uh, off topic seven, a lot of things we covered. Uh, so this opened up a can for us to cover some more individual items. Oh, yeah, uh, we're, going that, back to, we're going back to black summer. There's no doubt about that. And some of these other movies we're going to go back to. So, um, again, as always folks, thank you for your time. We hope you would uh, enjoy the show and we will see you in the wastelands. This episode of Podcast at Ground Zero has been brought to you by Hobo Soup. Hobo Soup, when you have to make do with what you got. Now available in apocalypse size. Keep up to date with us by visiting podcastatgroundzero.com and subscribe to the blog via email.